what we're doing this week, what we're doing this entire four weeks, we kicked it off last week. Uh, it's a four-week series called Bod for God. Um, and so I'll leave Pastor Danny kicked us off last week with that. And uh, it's a series all about what we all probably have on our minds already. Um, it's definitely on the minds of majority of Americans, especially at this time of the year, right? We just, you know, just welcomed in the new year. Um, and it's this New Year's resolution that many Americans have made, right? To lose some weight. Right, to put on um, some, some strength and some muscle to, to get those amazing rock hard abs that you swear already exist in you. It's just waiting to explode on the scene beach day in July, right? It's like the hawk. It's going to come out. You're going to get it to come out at some point, right? I watched Avengers not that long ago, so it's kind of in the back of my mind. Well, so we kicked off this series last week, and uh, we laid what we believe is the foundation of this series. And I want to remind you what is the foundation of this series. We're looking at what is a healthy view of getting in shape. Um, and how do we view then this physical fitness journey um, or becoming physically fit that we're on and we are hoping to encourage one another to be on? We established that the goal of this series is to do what? To honor God with our bodies, with our bodies, as it says in the Bibles in 1 Corinthians 6. Uh, Danny mentioned last week that this is a very personal series for him as he's been on his own uh, uh, journey physically. He's learning himself what it means to honor God with his body. He's obviously dropped quite a bit of weight. Um, and so this has been a very personal series to him. And the same goes for me. Um, in fact, if you could just take a look at this picture that's going to go up in a second, you'll clearly see, if you can see it, that I've been on my own physical journey uh, in 2018. As you can see throughout the year, I've lost quite a bit of pounds, uh, 50 pounds to be exact. Um, but as I look at this picture, I've obviously, besides the way, I've lost quite a bit of facial hair along the way. And I, I realized I must have been a much angry preacher when I was a little heavier because you see the smile is coming out as you go along. But, um... So, uh, yeah, it's been a journey for me as well, and, uh, and so this, this series really means a lot to Daniel, means a lot to myself, um, and I believe it means, should mean a lot to each and every one of you guys sitting here today. And so, as we looked at scripture last week, we said that a healthy view of our bodies and a, a living a healthy lifestyle is this. This is the foundation, and I want us to get this today, and I want us to remember this as we go through this series and conclude in week four, that no matter what size or shape you are, you are loved by God. This is the foundation. Let's set this up. Let's remember that no matter the size, no matter your shape, whatever it is, you are loved by God, period. Because he said it's only from a place of God's love and acceptance that you and I can make the choice to honor God with our bodies. And not simply just try to live up to the pressures, right? The expectations and many times the ridiculous standards of what a good-looking body looks like, right? Those ridiculous standards when you go and you're in the, you go to the doctor's office and my daughter weighs like 40 pounds, like you are, she needs to lose weight. Like, what are you kidding me? Right? These ridiculous standards of what's physically fit. All right? This series is not, though, we said it last week, it's not to make anyone feel ashamed, um, angry, or feeling, you know, depleted or hopeless. Right? You see, because that kind of view of health can lead to neglecting of our bodies because what's the thought? Oh, well, this is just who I am and there's no hope. However, on the other end, and what we're going to be talking about today, this series is not for that gym rat who, who spends four or five hours a day at the gym to hear this word and to hear this series and say, man, see, now I got scripture to back up why I spent five hours in the gym, and so I'm going to leave right after the service, and I'm going to go straight to the gym and spend another five hours. See, that person can become overly obsessed, right, with the upkeep of their body and their physical appearance. Neither extreme is a healthy view of the body. But today I want to focus on why being overly focused and obsessed with our bodies is not what God desires. To say that our culture is caught up in a fitness craze would be an understatement, right? This, this report was published in September 2018, and according to the International Health Racket and Sports Club Association, 
The health and fitness industry, check this number, in the United States is now a $33 billion industry. And it's been growing at least 3 to 4% annually and it has shown no signs of slowing down. Right? This is a $33 billion industry. But let me reiterate what I hope is clear. Both body and soul are important to the Christian. God has made us and redeemed us as a whole person. What does that mean? It means that he cares for you as a whole person, both your body and soul, soul and body, right? And so it is our responsibility to care for both our body and our soul. But the challenge is this. The challenge is for us to maintain a healthy biblical view of both the body and soul, the spiritual and the physical. And what I want to communicate clearly today is this main point. Let it be the clear takeaway for us today. It's in your notes, and you uh, came in, you've received the bulletin. If you open that up, you'll see a sheet. It's your notes for today. If you'd love to follow along, we provided our notes for you today. And so in your notes, this is the clear takeaway. It's on the screen. It will be on the screen in a second. Here it is. The pursuit of God far exceeds the pursuit of physical excellence. As you write that down, let me repeat it. The pursuit of God far exceeds the pursuit of physical excellence. Because physical excellence is temporal and ever-changing, but God is eternal and never-changing. Because physical excellence is temporal and ever-changing. But can you say, but God? But God. But God is eternal and never-changing. The pursuit of God far exceeds the pursuit of physical excellence. So let's put first things first. Care for the body and soul. Both matter to God, but which comes first? And our main text, Danny read it for us today. It's going to be on there throughout our time together as we break it up. But it's in 1 Timothy. It's a letter written by Paul. Uh, 1 Timothy uh, chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. And it says, I'm going to read it for us again. Rather, rather train yourself in godliness. Verse 8. For the training of the body has limited benefit. But godliness is beneficial in every way. Since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. And if we read that correctly, and if we understand that, that, that text correctly, it's, this, it's saying this, that both trainings for the physical and the spiritual are important. But training for the spiritual, godliness, is most important. So first thing you notice is this. Put more weight in your pursuit of godliness than your, pursuit, than your physical appearance. Put more weight in your pursuit of godliness than your physical appearance. Let's not neglect our body. Remember, that extreme of neglecting our body isn't healthy either. But just put more weight, more of your time, more of your efforts in your pursuit of godliness. Now, we have to define what is godliness. Then if the Bible is calling us to train ourselves in it, then we need to know what it is. Well, here's a simple definition of godliness. Godliness is simply a lifestyle that reflects the character of God. Okay? It's a lifestyle that responds to the things of God. And our example of that, the greatest example of that is Jesus himself, right? Our Lord and Savior. Jesus was the embodiment of pure godliness. He lived his life to the glory of the Father, always doing what was pleased to him, John 8, 29. Eventually, he gives his life for us unworthy sinners such as you and I, John 10, 18, so that we can be forgiven by the sacrifice of his sin, of, by the sacrifice of, on the cross for our sins and so that we can be reconciled to the Father, forever living and enjoying the beauty of God. See, Jesus is the perfect embodiment of pure godliness. But then why do we tend to pursue physical excellence over godliness? And as I thought about this, there's countless reasons why. There's so many reasons why we tend to pursue physical fitness or excellence over godliness. But the one reason that I thought is of greatest value, is, uh, it's, probably hits us the most, is the value that our culture puts on both. 
You see, there's so much pressure to put the greater influence on how you look on the outside than how your soul is on the inside in our culture. Just scroll on your Facebook page, right? You're more likely to see uh, selfies in the gym than you are to see pictures of people fellowshipping at church or reading the word. It's just evident in our, in our lives. It hits us more so in our lives that, man, our culture is telling us and giving us this message that it is a greater value to, to care for how you look on the outside than what's on the inside. See, godly character Sally takes a back seat. We see these, the, the, the pressure that culture encourages us to compromise, in fact, godliness, right? It's encouraged to compromise godliness to, to achieve your goal, whether that's in the in your workplace or it's in, with your f- physical appearance. What we need is a healthy and sustainable view of body and soul. And so that's what we're hoping to do. How do we have a healthy and sustainable view of both body and soul? Because both, remember, are important, just not equally important. The pursuit of God far exceeds the pursuit of excellence, physical excellence. And I want us to see that uh, how do we do that today in our time? And so immediately I thought of this Bible story. It's in the Old Testament, which is simply the first half of the Bible. Um, it's before the birth of Jesus. And so this is a story of how God, and some of us are familiar with it, how God would select a king for his people. And he looks to, to a shepherd boy named David to be his king. But the people before God had chosen his, uh, their king, the people had in mind what, did they, what the image of their king and what their king will look like. And so you can read this in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 16, verse 7. This is how God speaks about what, what is most important to him. And it's opposite of what we're going to see the people are obviously focused on in the physical appearance of their king. And so in uh, 1 Samuel 16, But the Lord said to Samuel, Samuel's a, a prophet, Do not look at his appearance or his stature, Because I have rejected him. Humans do not see what the Lord sees, but humans see what is visible for what? The Lord sees the heart. You see, and there it is. If God is putting more emphasis on the heart, on character, then shouldn't we do the same? God doesn't choose based on physical appearance. Remember, regardless of your size and shape, God loves you. You are loved by God. The love of God goes deeper, goes way deeper than the surface of your physical appearance. God doesn't love you more or less based on your size or shape. Point one, put more weight in your pursuit of godliness than your physical appearance. And the second point is this, don't obsess over what is limited. Don't obsess over what is limited. In 1 Timothy 4, 8, says, for the training of body has limited benefits. See, obviously there is benefit to caring for our bodies and we're learning more and more in our day and age, right? What, what is best for our bodies? What is best to put on our bodies? It's, we understand this better today than we ever had in years past, right? What is healthy? What is not healthy? We're constantly learning new things, right? And some of it contradicts another, but we're constantly growing as a society. And what is healthy to put on our bodies? Remember, this is a billion dollar industry. And so there's many great benefits to, to our society and for, for what? For caring of our body for sure. But the danger is this, is to obsess with your care of your body. So much so that, hear this out, our body and fitness routine become our idol. Right? We are obsessed over it. We allow it to consume our thoughts. Our wallets are controlled by it as the next diet comes out and out, right? Or the latest uh, fitness machine or the pill that's guaranteeing you to have those rock-solid abs again we talked about. And so you're going to spend anything it takes to get that product or do that diet. And that means many, many times for us to trash or kick aside the diet that we just started last month, right? But there's a new one coming out, and so we will pour everything in that because we, it is sworn to us that our fitness goal is right there in that product or in that pill or in that exercise routine. What's happened to that person is we become so overly obsessed 
with what is limited and ever-changing, right? We've placed the fitness over others and over God. And as I said, that's an idol, and an idol in place of God. And if we want to be even more blunt, it is a sin. It's sin. So our, our, our prayer and our hopes is, man, guard yourself from the idol of physical fitness. Body, soul are important, but soul is more important because our bodies are limited. The training of our bodies have limited benefits. Let's read elsewhere in scripture about the limits of our physical body. In fact, let's take a look at it very back from the very beginning of the Bible again. This is in the book of Genesis. It's in your notes. Genesis 3, verse 19. says this in the story of creation and the fall of man. You will eat bread by the sweat of your brow until you return to the ground, since you were taken from it. For you are dust and you will return to dust. For you are dust and you will return to dust. So why obsess over what is limited? I know we're hit every day on social media, on television, advertisements, in the subway cars, in the train stations, right? With what, what, what's, what's guaranteeing to give us that happiness and success to look the way we want to look. What's really being promised, again, is temporary. It's limited. It's momentary satisfaction that if idolized becomes, leads you on the path of your destruction. And these next two points I want to look at and suggest a better way to look at our fitness goals. And as we do that, I want to pose this question for you to ponder as we get to our next uh, two points. In pursuit of your bod for God, here's the question. Is your desire for a fit and healthy lifestyle a genuine desire to become more useful in serving God and others here and now? You guys got that question? Is your desire for a fit and healthy lifestyle a genuine desire to become more useful in serving God and others here and now? And so our third point is this, train wise to have long-lasting, eternal impact. Verse 8 in 1 Timothy 4 continues, For the training of the body has limited benefit, but godliness is beneficial in every way. I like how Paul puts it in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 25. You can look at it in your notes as we go on the screen. It says this, Paul said, Don't you know that the runners in a stadium all race, but only one receives the prize? <laughs> Run in such a way to win the prize. Now, everyone who competes exercises self-control in everything. They do it to receive a perishable crown, but we an imperishable crown. See, when we look at physical fitness and the goals we set for ourselves, I want us to see it as Paul did. That even our physical fitness, our fitness journey, should be a journey that is aiming to achieve a prize that is not perishable like your abs, but imperishable. And then let's look to begin to take it to the next step. Let's go further than that. Let's look at our fitness journey, not separate from our spiritual lives, but a means to invite others to see the two as a whole. See, the mission for the believer to pursue godliness in order to reveal, reveal the beauty of Christ. That's our mission of the believer. And so in all things, we are to reveal the beauty of Christ in all areas of our lives, leading them to become fully devoted followers of Christ. And so as they find God, we always say it here, they find life. But how can we do that if we don't train wisely in order to serve God and others so that we may be used by God for a long-lasting, eternal impact? See, this was a strong conviction of mine when I, weighed, when I was overweight in those pictures you've seen. And I knew that the path that I was going on was simply just not honoring to God. Nor was it healthy for me as a father. It wasn't responsible as a father for my children. I knew that I wanted to have a long-lasting impact in their lives. And so I knew I needed to be around long enough to do that, right? And I noticed that it was also my responsibility to do that. everything that's in my power to see that I am healthy 
and my body is cared for in order so that I can do the work that God has called me at home and in the ministry. Even as I serve you guys, as I serve Bushwick, as I faithfully follow the call and hear the call of God over my life, it was a conviction to me that, man, I need to do what I can to care for my body so that I can be put in a place to be used by God for a long-lasting, eternal impact. And I'm convinced that we as responsible believers need to care for both body and soul. See, I have three brothers, and they're all active gym members. I have a father who, as far as I've known him, man, his gym, the gym is his second home. We grew up playing sports, and so this idea of physical fitness and being in shape was always in my face. But I always struggled with my weight growing up. I was always on the, a little bit on the heavy side growing up, up until high school when I dropped a few pounds, a lot of weight. I think it was because that's when I met my wife, Joanna, at the age of 14, 15. I got fit, all right? And I dropped a few weight, but then we got married, and I gained it back. And I've always had this issue of weight gain, losing a bunch, gaining it back, losing a bunch, gaining it back. Pray for me because you've seen the pictures, and I don't want to gain it back, but I'm trying. This is a journey. Right, but it's always been in my face, and so it's always was kind of, man, I knew that by the grace of God, I needed to get this under control. I need to, it's a testimony to my children, a testimony to my brothers who do not know the Lord, and it's a testimony to them to say, hey, that it is important to God, not only that I spend time reading my Bible, and I want you to do that, but it is, it is important that I tear, care for my body. And so, man, I just want to challenge us today that we see that both body and soul are, are, are meaningful to God. But godliness is more important. But how do we honor the two of them? How do we have a healthy balance? We want to train wise in godliness and physical fitness in order so that we can have a long-lasting internal impact on serving God and others. And so lastly in our notes is this point number four. To put first what is most important. Put first what is most important. First Timothy 4.8 concludes this way. For the training of the body has limited benefit. But godliness is beneficial in every way, since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. See, our pursuits in life will tell us a lot about what we treasure in life. And what is our greatest pursuit in life will show what is our greatest treasures in life. Christ is the greatest treasure of all. Amen. Christ is the greatest treasure of all. And if we are to live lives fully devoted to Christ, who is our greatest treasure, then our pursuit of godliness must be of most importance. For our pursuit of godliness holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. But it's a choice that we need to make. To choose what is best, what's most important. So to help you choose what is best. Let's suggest this in Proverbs 16, 2, 3. It says to commit to the Lord. All a person's ways seem right to him, but the Lord weighs motives. Commit your activities to the Lord, and your plans will be established. Commit it to the Lord. He's going to guide you, and he will strengthen you. Yes, even as you, as you attempt to care for your, your soul, but also your body, he will guide and strengthen you. But commit your ways to him first. Commit your physical activities to the Lord. Let him keep, help you keep what is first and most important. Keeping your eyes on Jesus, he will help you to avoid obsessing over what is limited and pursuing what is not. So what do we open up with? The pursuit of God far exceeds the pursuit of physical excellence. And so I want to close with that invitation for us to do just that. Pursue God. Pursue God. But here's the thing. God pursues us. Right from the beginning of the Bible to the very end, from the beginning of time till Jesus returns, the story in the Bible, the story of God is the story of God pursuing after his very own children. It's a redemption story. 
For when you look all around this world, and even when we stop and we look around this room alone, we will see, you will hear, you will cry over the brokenness of this world. This brokenness is sin in this world that's all around us, but it's also in us. For we are all sinners, the Bible says. For we all sin and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. Because God alone is perfect. He is perfect in his love and he's perfect in his judgment. All displayed in his son Jesus Christ as he sacrificed his own life. But Jesus was sent by the Father to leave his throne in heaven. And to live with us, amongst us, fully man. Eventually enduring all the hurts and all the pains and all the struggles and all the disappointments of this life that we live and that we endure. He lived it, but he lives it without sin as only God can. And so Jesus, the perfect and spotless sacrifice of our sins, he went to the cross fully aware of what he was about to endure. But he went anyway, suffered, and died an excruciating death because it's in his death that now, check it, finally, once and for all, paid in full price is your sin and my sin. Paid in full. And from the grave he rose three days later so that in the same way that he conquers victory, he conquers sin and death by his death and resurrection you and I have victory over sin and death. He continues to pursue his children today. And the call is to repent of your sins, to turn from your ways, to recognize that, God, my ways are not best, God. I want to pursue you. I want to pursue you, God. It is far more greater than any other pursuit in this life. And I repent and I say, Lord, you are, you are Lord. You are Savior. You saved me, but now you rule and you reign in my life. And I surrender it all. And that's the invitation for us today. And if you are hearing this for the first time, or maybe today it's just gotten a little bit clearer to you, that's our invitation is to pursue God by his grace to live a life with Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God. We thank you for the sacrifice of your son on the cross. That on the cross you took our sins on it, Lord. You died the death that I deserved, that we deserved. But you willingly bore it for us. You willingly pursue us. You are after us. You love us. Regardless of who we are, how we look, your love has gone and goes far deeper. It was displayed on the cross. And so, God, I pray that you would, by your grace, allow us to humbly lift our eyes up to kneel at the foot of the cross and to see the value that you placed on each of our lives. So I pray for my brother, my sister, my friend here today, that, God, you will reveal how deep your love is for them, God. That, God, they were desired to pursue you, God, with all heart, mind, body, soul, Lord. That it will be desire of their heart to know their Father and the love that you have for them, God. Lord, help us to surrender our sins, to lay it at your feet. By your grace, enable us to do that this morning, God. Enable us to see how wicked our sin is, God, and how, 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 how much, Lord, you hate the sin that's in our lives, Lord, and but how, how precious you, we are to you, God. It's your desire to wipe it all clean as we reflect on the snow outside, God. It is by your grace that, Lord, our sins, which are red, Lord, and, and, and filthy, God, but, God, by your grace, you wiped it off, you cleaned it, Lord. And so, God, I pray that, Father, you would enable us to surrender, to receive the gift that you have given us, that you are laying for us, that you presented at the cross, that we would confess and repent and turn from our ways, Lord. 
And help us to see, God, as we live our lives, Lord, pursuing you, that, God, it is our pursuit of you that is of most importance. Help us to keep our eyes on Jesus as we look at all areas of our lives, Father, lived in a way to honor the name of Jesus. That's our prayer today, Father, and that's our prayer throughout this week. And I pray that it will continue, Lord, to be first place in our lives. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.